0: Welcome to Bible Munchies. I'm Ben Ray, and today I've got with me Jackie McLaren. Hi, everyone. Now, Bible Munchies, are you still feeling hungry for more of God's Word after the message on Sabbath? Well, we've put together something just for you. Bible Munchies is that extra spiritual snack for providing some extra spiritual uh, food, building on the topic from the message on the weekend, getting onto God's Word, and having a look at some practical insights for Christian living. I'm Pastor Ben Ray from Walls End Seventh Adventist Church, and it's great to be sharing this number one first Bible Munchies podcast with you. And today we're going to have a look at, have we outgrown prayer?
1: Before we get started, Ben, how did you come up with Bible Munchies?
0: Well, um, that's a very interesting question. We wanted to put together a, a podcast that gives us the opportunity to expand on the sermon that we've heard on the weekend and go a bit deeper, look at some Bible study perhaps, look at some life application. Um, and so we thought, well, what's something to do with, you know, eating something afterwards, the main meal? So we thought mm, Bible munchies and scripture snacks, um, Bible bites. Somebody already had Bible bites. Pastor Lizette didn't like Bible munchies, by the way. Um, she was, She said munchies is what you have when you've been smoking weed <laughs> and said that... She didn't want people thinking about that when she's doing a Bible study. But we're going to call it Bible Munchies anyway. So now that's in everybody's heads.
1: (laughs) I'm good with it. I like it.
0: Excellent. That's enough. Okay. So um, have we outgrown prayer? So that was the message on the weekend.
1: So can you just give us a little recap, Ben, on um, what you talked about on Sabbath?
0: Sure. Sure. So, we had a quick look at statistics in Australia for spirituality and specifically how many Aussies pray. And um, probably about a third of Aussies regularly pray. And then we had some ac- actual interesting data from Walls End Church itself. And so um, we can see that a lot of us at Walls End pray regularly every day, but we're not doing a lot of prayer. It's like a couple of moments of prayer. And on the survey, we saw that there's a huge chunk of our church that would pray every day, but less than 10 minutes of prayer for the whole week. And so, um, hence, have we outgrown prayer? You know, that we, we are the part of the believers of um, Australia. We're part of that sort of um, active 10% of churchgoers in the country, and yet we're, we're not praying a whole lot.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a few things I've definitely been pondering this week that I'm keen to unpack more. Excellent. Yeah. Now, you also told a very, very cute story about your five girls. Can you just remind us about
0: that? Sure. So, for those of you who don't know, I've got five girls and they're between ages one and ten. And I was being a lazy dad sitting in the lounge room and I could hear screaming coming from down the bathroom. It was bath and shower time. And um, being an expert lazy dad, you can tell the difference (laughs) between different kinds of screams. And so... Um, at one point though, that there got to be multiple screams, which is actually not that unusual, but then it reached this kind of pitch that I thought, I actually better get up and go and check what's happening down there. So I went down to the bathroom and my three-year-old Bec- Becca was standing on the mat. She gotten out of the bath, she had blood all over her face and all down her front, and blood was dripping all over the mat. <laughs> she was screaming on the top of her lungs and her sisters were screaming on the top of their lungs and I just looked around the room and I picked up a singlet that had been dropped on the floor and just sort of put it over her mouth and that sort of cut the screams in half by at least 50% like just seeing the flow of blood stop helped a bit and I took her out in what had actually happened was it was just a bleeding nose not a regular occurrence at our house and so um Everyone was fine Um, But everybody sort of calmed down Except for Penny, the five-year-old And she followed Becca out And she was still screaming on top of her lungs And she said, Penny shouts out She's gonna die (laughs) (laughs) And then she said She's lost too much blood And nobody knows how much I love my sisters And it was a pretty cute And special little declaration there And, um, but we reassured her; she'll be fine, and um, and she got better. But this the crossover, I guess, to the message on the weekend. You know, I think that prayer is like the lifeblood of our relationship with God, and our, our God is a real God. He's not, a, a, and He's a close God. You know, the Bible calls Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, and so He's a He's a loving and intimate God as well as a powerful God. And so, prayer is like. If you're not talking with him, um, you know, how can that relationship thrive? So I think that prayer, you know, being talking with God, that's a real lifeblood of our relationship with him. And so here's the thing. If we are not talking to him much, that lifeblood that keeps a person healthy is not there. And so what is scary to me, Jackie, is that, you know, when the kids were freaking out in the bathroom, that was a good sign. There was blood everywhere appropriate to freak out. What would happen if we were losing blood and didn't know it? And so, you know, when you're not, no one rings an alarm bell when your prayer life just dries up mm. and doesn't happen. And that's a worry spiritually, you know, with my pastor's hat on. I, I get concerned when I hear, you know, people are praying, but it's just, just a few moments a day and that's it. And it's like my fear is that we, we are losing blood but there's no alarm bell ringing. And I think, you know, prayer is such a beautiful thing. It's a privilege and it really brings your relationship with God to life and it's what it's all based on. And so I just want to encourage people, yes, pray more, but not just because you have to, but because that's your the whole basis of your friendship with God.
1: Yeah, and not just a token moment here it, and there. Exactly. Yeah. So what is prayer?
0: That's a great question. I think, um, you know, when you... Think of prayer, there's some people think of a very formal thing. Um, I wonder, Jackie, have you found people in your spiritual journey who will be nervous to pray? N- yeah, ab- that, absolutely. That,
1: but I think that's more about the group around them, though, rather than their relationship with God.
0: Sure. And I, I think you're right. And I think people are worried about having the right words. Yeah. That's something that Saying I. Saying
1: something wrong. Mm. That's
0: it. Yeah, um, and but whereas, is anybody ever afraid of saying something wrong when they're just chatting with their friends?
1: Definitely not to the same level. It's, you know, diff- it's, it's yeah, it's completely different.
0: Yeah, I see. I guess sometimes you might worry that you say the wrong thing, but yeah, you chat with your friends. Yes, and it's a lot more we free can and that. open. Matt came up to me after the service on Sabbath, and he had a quote. For Me that he loves from the book A Call to Stand Apart And it goes like this, you might have heard it before It says, prayer is the opening of the heart To God as a friend I like that Yeah, You don't need to be afraid of him, you don't need to have Fancy words to say, when the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross He's made a way that we can speak to God Without fear And um, the Bible says, boldly go Before the throne of God And you know, when Jesus taught us to pray We're encouraged to call God Father you know, and, you know, hopefully people aren't afraid to talk to their dad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the pr- prayer is the opening of the heart to God as to a friend. And it says here, not that it is necessary in order to make known to God what we are, but in order to enable us to receive him. And I love this next bit. Prayer does not bring God down to us, but brings us up to him. What an yeah. awesome thought. So Good imagery.
1: That,
0: so, that, yeah, I hope that answers the question, what's, what's prayer?
1: So something I've really been pondering this week, Ben, something came up, a, a personal thing, and I messaged a couple of close friends and said, uh, can you pray for me about this, um, just mm-hmm. for direction, And you know. And then as soon as I sent the message, I sort of thought, why am I asking them to pray? God's already got this. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's already in control over this what's the point of me asking friends to pray with me when I have the belief that he's already in control? Is it going to make any difference?
0: That's an excellent question. And um, I think tons of us think that if God knows everything or if he's already in control and he's a good God, why do I even need to ask? Yeah. And um, I'd like to, at this point, dive into scripture and have a look at why we pray. Like it's nice to pray, but is it more than nice to pray? Is it essential? Does my praying make a difference like if I do pray about something, is my life actually going to change because God somehow got involved more than he would have been involved? I think that's a really big yeah. question to ask. And I think that for some people there's a 100 reasons why we might not be praying a lot, but for some people we might kind of subtly just be thinking, oh, God will do what he wants anyway.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. does so, it, Is it, is it going to change the outcome? Yeah. Yep. So
0: I think that... um. To answer this, I want to have a, a look on, as an overview of Scripture about how we connect with God. And wh- I want to jump back right to Genesis chapter 1. And I think that our whole interaction with God through prayer is based on what we find in Genesis chapter 1. So I'm going to read this passage here from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the Uh, of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that is on the earth. And then it goes on to say, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. And and then it says, and then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now I want to focus on that word dominion. Did you catch that? It was in Scripture there a couple of times that God gave humanity dominion over the earth. Now, what do you, what comes to mind when you see that word dominion?
1: Um, I I suppose, I don't know that power is the right word, but maybe control.
0: Yep. So being in charge, being responsible for something. Yeah,
1: responsible. Maybe that's a better term.
0: Yeah. So I believe that when God did that, he, that was not just a cutesy thing to do, he transferred he like delegated the responsibility to look after the planet earth to human beings. Now I believe that that's the basis for prayer. So let me explain. So when God said, you you humans are running here things now, uh, you're you're running things here now, he sort of stepped back and withheld. God's got the power to do anything, but he said, I'm going to share my authority with you, my responsibility with you. And from now on, you've got a job to do. Yep. Look after this world. So here's what I believe the Bible's teaching us in this, that if we want God to be involved in a special extra way in the goings-on in this world, he's given us the responsibility to look after the place. So we've got to ask. He's just not going to just do it. And so kind of like a good parent, if if you're a parent and you've given your children some jobs to do in the house, um, you might be able to swoop in and do the jobs for them. But you think to yourself, now as a good parent, I'm going to leave this responsibility with my children. I'll be around if they need some extra help, um, and if they ask me for extra help, you know we can engage at that level. Yeah. But God's really, I think He's honoured that. And then, um, so am I making sense so far? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's a that's a fresh way of looking at it. I like that.
0: So, um, this this really, I can build on that with a few more scriptures for you if you like. So. An interesting thing happened shortly after this, and we know that Adam and Eve sinned. When they sinned, they abdicated some of their rulership to Satan. And mm-hmm. so we see this um, in the fact that sometimes through the Bible, Satan is called the prince of this world. There's a few scriptures that refer to Satan that way. Yeah. and. Um, that's kind of a creepy thought, if you ask me. I don't yeah. like the idea that he has any power or authority. But if you look at Ephesians chapter two verses one to three, it says, um, you know, that we're in a spiritual battle, and it calls Satan the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, and it talks about how we need to engage in spiritual warfare. There, um, John fourteen thirty says the ruler of this world is coming. Jesus is referring to Satan there. Um, John 12, 31 to 33, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. That's talking about Satan. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, that's Jesus, will draw all people to myself. Um, and so these are all indications of this power struggle that's gone on. And I don't believe that any of that would have happened if Adam and Eve didn't lead humanity into sin. Yep. So here's the interesting and awesome thing. God, I think, so honoured his concept of giving humanity dominion over the earth that to fix the earth's problems and still be a just and fair God, he said, well, I'll have to become a human to fix it then because the humans are the ones with the authority to do something about it. So God becomes a human being, born as a baby, lives this perfect life, dies on the cross, pays for the sin of humanity, and rises again. And if you want to have a look at an, a verse in maybe a new way, look at Matthew 28 and verse 18 to 20. This is the Great Commission. And it says um, so this is after Jesus has risen from the dead and he's about to go back up to heaven and he's giving the disciples their. Job description as disciples. Mm -hmm. And it says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So I want you to, you've probably heard that a hundred times, but look at this first bit. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, I believe that what Jesus is saying there is any authority that Adam lost by sinning that went over to Satan, I've now won it back.
1: Taken it back, yeah.
0: Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And so, um, and this is um, why when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Yeah. And so, you know, some people might ask the question, why do we say in Jesus' name, amen, at the end of a prayer? Is that just a nice Way to tie things off Is it just a habit Yeah. What does it
1: actually mean Yeah.
0: And so what we're saying is Kind of like we're making a request Or a statement to God almighty And we're saying this is the authority By which I make this request Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus Who's one He's powerful enough to rule the world And also legally Like by the fact that he's died and rose again And paid for our sin He's in every way got permission and authority to do what he wants on this planet. Yeah. So, you still with me? Yes. It's kind of a a sort of a head head trip on this topic of um, why do we need to pray? But the Bible is giving us this picture that God has somehow tied the actions that he's going to do on our planet with human beings asking for it. Yeah. And so now... Um, When we pray, I actually believe that God's got good things he's wanting to do, that unless we ask for it, his capacity to do those things is limited.
1: I've always had similar thoughts in a bit of more of a free will way of thinking in that he has given us free will and it's like, yes, we have to give him the authority to act before he can.
0: I think that's a huge part of it as well. That's excellent. So, yeah, God's not just going to push into our lives. Yeah, We've got to ask for yeah. it. And that's where you get Bible verses that say, ask and you will receive. Yeah, And, um, you know, the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. And away he went. And one of the prayer requests is, give us this day our daily bread. So we get the imp- First of all, I see there that prayer is a daily thing. We would be doing it every day. And that, like, God, of course God knows I need food. But we've got an example there straight from Jesus' mouth saying, you still need to ask God for his blessing. Yeah. to get the full blessing.
1: Yeah. Another thing that's always, um, I don't know, I don't think there's an answer to this one, but it does seem like some people seem to have more power when they pray. Like some people get the most incredible miracles mm-hmm. when they pray and other people it feels like nothing gets answered. Is, is their faith stronger? Is what is it? Like, what's going on with that? What's going on?
0: I think that's a great question, and I don't have all the answers for that sort of thing. But I do know that people who are, based on my belief of Scripture, people who are asking more will get more. Yeah. And so, like, it gets tricky when you've got someone who's asking heaps and and then they still don't get what they're asking for. Yeah. And there could be tons of different dynamics going on there. It could be a matter, you know, Luke 18, Jesus told this parable of this persistent widow who because of her shameless persistence got an unjust judge to do what she wanted he yeah. didn't want to help her but she nagged and nagged and finally did and and it says in verse one jesus told the disciples this parable so that they would pray and not give up
1: yeah okay so
0: that implies to me that sometimes you've got to ask for something way more than once yeah. For it to come through. And I think that's a myth about prayer that some, well, I asked God once and it never happened. Yeah. And somehow God is saying here. And I guess, I don't know if it's this simple, but like if my kids ask for something once, dad, can I have a new dog? <laughs> I'm just going to It may go, take 10 times. No, <laughs> But if they ask for a new dog for three years, maybe they'll get one. But don't tell Amelia that.
1: <laughs> that did happen in our family. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So there you go. And it's not like God is wanting to hold back a good thing, but I do believe that part of that is how our earnestness, that's my personal belief, is expressed through the fact that we'd ask God again and again. And another thing is there is a spiritual battle, and I think that we've got to give God the authority to intervene.
1: Yeah. And a, a big, uh, like Lizette's sermon a couple of a few weeks back when she was sort of talking about how just because it hasn't been completely answered doesn't mean he's not working. It's that's, happening in stages, potentially.
0: That's a great thought. You know, I think I've shared this story from Bruce Wilkinson's book, The Prayer of Jabez, before, but I, I really love it. And it sort of ties up this concept of um, you've got to ask You've got to ask. And um, he makes up this story. Heaven doesn't really work like this, but just play along. Um, Imagine that you're in heaven and you're walking around the streets of gold and you're seeing all the beautiful things. And Jesus is walking right next to you on this particular beautiful afternoon in heaven. And you see this warehouse that's not like an earthly warehouse. It's made out of diamonds and all this. And um, you say, what's in there? I've never seen that building before. And Jesus says to you, "Uh, you don't want to go in there. Don't worry about it. And you say, what, what are you being sort of cagey for Jesus no secrets in heaven And he's like alright And so he takes you over and inside you see all these Incredible crates it's like a Huge huge um, Warehouse with hardly, hardly You can't see the back of it in the distance there's all these Crates and what's more you see a Pile of crates and they have all shapes And sizes and beautifully wrapped and um, You see your name on a Whole bunch of them and it kind of looks like Presents <laughs> and um and you say, well, what's this, Jesus? And Jesus says to you, well, this is all the stuff that we had ready to give you while you were still on earth. That you never asked for. That you never asked for. And um, you don't really need it now. Yeah. But, um, you know, it doesn't work like that. Um, I'm sure there's no warehouse in heaven. But I I actually do believe that in that principle to a, to a strong degree, that there's stuff that if I would take the time and ask for it, mm. that God would do it. There's one more powerful Bible verse on that topic and it's from Ezekiel. Let me see if I can just find it here. Um and in in the book of Ezekiel, um you get this situation where God is wanting to show mercy, but no one asks for mercy, and so he has to give judgment. Yeah. It's just really sobering passage. It's Ezekiel twenty two, verse thirty. I search for someone who might rebuild the wall this is God speaking. I search for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap before me for the land, so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. You know, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. And if things have gone wrong, and justice must prevail. Yeah. But God doesn't he's not just a God of justice. He the Bible says that he doesn't delight in the death of the wicked, but he longs that everyone would rep- come to repentance. He's longing to forgive. But if no one asks, then justice says he can't just ignore it and go on with things. Justice yeah. has to prevail. And so in Ezekiel, we get this glimpse that God was just looking for one person in the land to stand up and say, God, please forgive us. We've gone way off the rails. Have mercy on our nation. And and so, but he found no one asking. And so at that time they experienced the judgment of God. And that's kind of a sobering thought.
1: So from that text, do you, you believe that we have the power to change God's mind, change his plans?
0: Change what he's going to do, for sure. Yeah. And, that's, and I think I wish that that – I believe that's true. I believe it's clear from these scriptures that we've been looking at today. And so I think knowing that makes me think – well, I better ask for good things for yeah. God, for my family, yeah. for my kids, for my own life, job, you know, career, health, that God might be wanting to bring his blessing, his forgiveness, his favour, um, wanting to take my, my ministry or someone's business to a new level, but they're just not asking. And, you know, I've, I've talked to church members with hundreds of examples of times when they've prayed and that they've seen a breakthrough. And one of my favorite examples of this is um, a gentleman named Bruce who I met in Invercargill 7th Adventist Church. He, um, he lives in Sydney now. But Bruce um, shared a story of when he was he had a photo framing business mm-hmm. and he started to pray every morning and he did a graph of his business's growth. And when he started to pray, the business started to grow. Yeah, wow. And he tracked it and then his business got so busy um and grew so much that he had to change the axis scale on the graph because it went off the graph mm-hmm. and then um he was so busy and doing so well that he actually started to stop praying like not consciously but he yeah. just got busy yep. and didn't pray anymore yep. and then he was tracking his business growth and it went down and then he realized that's around about when I sort of stopped praying. He started praying again and the business picked up again. Yeah, wow. And so I was, I, was, I really was um, privileged to be. Bruce shared that story with a bunch of people when he opened his new bigger um, shop and he had a, like a grand opening and a dinner and he'd invited everybody who had, had anything to do with it, you know, his lawyers and builders and everybody who'd got the place ready. And um, I was really pleased that he was just so willing to share how he knew that he'd got there thanks to God's blessing. And I blessing. love
1: too that like, you know, potentially he was praying for his business and the growth of his business and all of that, but to me that's more shows he, his own health and his, like his own um, mental, spiritual health in that when he's praying, everything is just going good and when he's not, things start to slide.
0: Yes. Now, that's not to say that we don't have times of our lives when the bottom falls out of our life when we're praying. Yeah, of course. And that's like Job in the scripture. And sometimes life gets really bad through no fault of our own. What I would say at times like that is um, that's time to pray all the more. Yeah. And if, like, you know, Jess and I went through all those earthquakes in New Zealand and... The, you know, half the city was wiped out and yeah. we lost our home and everything like that. But because I already – prayer is not just an activity to do, to check off, but because it's like your friendship with God and you get to hear his voice. Um, when everything fell out of our lives like that, like we had no home to go back to, um, we I had a friendship with God that saw me through. So it wasn't as if we our house was skipped by the earthquake. Our house was totaled. Yeah. Um, nevertheless my friendship with god meant i'm not i just had a level of stress that never happened it was stressful but it didn't like ruin my life yeah i had this friendship with god that i knew he'll get me through yeah jackie just as we're pulling this all together and there's a hundred more scriptures that we could look at on prayer but um we're probably winding things up for today but what about some practical insights on prayer how, and tips on how to pray and wonder, Jackie, if I can ask you, um, have you got any tips or ideas that have helped you have a good prayer life?
1: Yeah, for me, I'm like a lot of people, I think, and I start to pray and I get sidetracked really easy and start thinking about the shopping list or something. I do that. And um, it's frustrating. And But for me, something I find that works really well is journaling. Mm-hmm. So I rather than just sitting there and talking to God, I will write it down. And mm-hmm. that really helps keep my focus. Um,
0: That's a great idea.
1: Yeah. For me, that works the best. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what do you, ever, do you have a set time that works for you or have you found it works better when you make a set time?
1: Definitely first thing in the morning. If I leave it till nighttime, it doesn't happen and I fall asleep. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, first thing in the morning. And, you know, to be honest, I had got a great routine happening and – The last month it's really fallen by the wayside. So I I need to get back on track and get focused and, yeah, because I I was finding it was making a massive difference and I was really enjoying it and it, it was starting to become less about habit and discipline and more wanting to do it.
0: That's awesome. Which
1: is great, but, yeah. Sadly, the good habits are easy to drop.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that isn't that life for everything anyway? But um, that's an awesome example. You know, up at um, Macquarie College, I do Bible studies with a bunch of kids and um, I'm doing currently grade four, grade six, grade seven. And with all the boys, I talk to them about prayer. Whatever topic we're doing, I say, how are you going with prayer? And I've challenged them all to have – I ask them, how are you going with prayer in the morning? Yeah. And um, the, the deal with prayer in the morning is – like, it's the start of the day. So what a good time to connect with your friend God. Yeah. And so, and I, I don't know what the Bible says about this, but my personal opinion is the most important prayer at the start of the day is, God, can you come into my heart? Fill yeah. me with your Holy Spirit. It's saying, God, I want you to live in me today. Yeah. I think that there's other tons of Be in of all it. my actions. Yeah, and yeah. give me that extra help. I want to go into the challenges of the day with God Almighty right inside of me yeah. to transform me and you know fill me with the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. There's that. and then, uh, For sure, um, I have a shopping list of stuff that I'm going to ask God for because I believe that if I don't ask, there might be things that he can't do because he's, he's given me the authority to some degree over yeah. his involvement in my life and in the world around me. So um, yeah, and then I challenge, and then I say, boys, do you remember to pray at night? And I think it's a great habit to get into, having a prayer before you go to bed. And if you're a married couple, have a prayer together um, as the sort of if you go to sleep at the same time. Yeah. Um, and a and a, and a great thing to do is thank God at the end of the day for things. And um, I think it's easy to not th- to remember to forget to thank God for stuff. Yeah, easy to ask and. And then the third thing I ask the boys is, did you talk to God throughout the day as stuff comes up, you know, opportunities, challenges, you're in a, you're in a scary moment or a difficult moment. Do you ask God for help? And that, I think, is the lifeblood of life with God.
1: And I personally find if you've had that time in the morning, that comes naturally through the day. If you haven't had the time in the morning, it doesn't come naturally through yeah, the day.
0: That's an excellent insight. Mm. I... I as I think about that, I reckon that's spot on.
1: So even if the morning time is you know, definitely starts out as discipline and routine, mm. I, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like I, I think it's okay to yeah, start out with it knowing that it has to be a discipline.
0: That's I think you spot on and then it, it precipitates a a natural relationship yep. with God. Absolutely. Well, Jackie, thanks so much for coming in and no chatting worries. with me on our thanks first for having me. Bible munchies. So I just want to encourage you, if you're listening and you'd like to come along to Walls End Church, um, you can find us online at wallsend dot com, and um, you're most welcome to be um, come be part of the family or just come and visit and check us out. If you've got any questions about um, anything that we've discussed here today, You can send us a message through our website or find our Facebook page and message us there. We'd love to connect. See you later.
1: See you later.